Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson, hosted by attorneys Sean Garner and Adam Hanson. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Life, Death, and the Law. We're going to begin this segment with a bit of humor. So I'm in studio here with my partner, Adam Hanson, and Cody Beeson, who is our stand-up comedian and running the boards today. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And we're also visited by Anna Karen. Good morning, Anna. Good morning. So let's start off with our little comedic relief. Cody, you're on. Oh, mercy. I shouldn't have told you that I, I'd been doing like stand-up or open mics because now we got to do this. Well, at least you get to plug your business. So what's the name of your business? Uh, well, it's 9 to 8 Comedy is kind of how it started, and, and that's what what it's been growing as. So 928comedy.com is where you see all of our professional shows and our open mics and all that. And, and how often do you get up on stage? A few times a month, you know, as often as possible. Like, I would do it every day if we could, but in Yuma, you know, we're literally in a desert. Well, yeah, but if you're looking for good entertainment, 928comedy.com, and um, the show's great. It's gotten really good reviews, so look at, look at the website, give Cody a call, but uh, he's going to give us a little sampling today to see if... Uh, this is a type of humor up your alley. Oh, mercy. Well, th- well thank you, Sean, because, uh, and really one of the things I, I've I've been working on, I don't even know if it's a finished joke yet. I was just thinking, uh, because of my knowledge of, of what is done here um, and where we live, like there's so much uh, money put into teeth. Like there should be a way that, you know, I could, you know, inherit my grandparents' teeth because they just dropped like ten to 20000 in those things and then they passed away like a year or two later. Can we write that into a will or a trust? You know, <laughs> and recycle their dentures. Well, well, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe the uh, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking like that that should be a thing. They'll yeah. become the family jewels. That that wasn't the joke. It's a great business idea. I think we'll have to work on the implementation of it though. All right. Well, we'll get with your brother and make a package. Okay. You know, yeah, like, package deal. Yeah. Secure your legacy and be able to chew your food. Well, I'm just saying, if if Grandma dropped, you know five figures into some teeth uh-huh. and then she passes away within six months those teeth are still good sean oh yeah for sure you know the, the, and that was my thought is all these people are going to mexico those teeth are going to outlive them <laughs> there should be some sort of legacy maybe we put them in a time capsule okay so um okay let's we got the we got the the joke we got the quote the quote unfortunately is not a humorous one um I like to quote Abraham Lincoln. I think he was one of the the masters of words of of this not even generation but um of of American history. And uh so the quote that I want to go off of is is a, a little bit downer, but it is true nonetheless. And what he says is if destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be the author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. And um, I was talking just a bit before the show how the millennials and Gen Z have destroyed the word literal because they use it for everything. Abraham Lincoln is not using suicide in a literal sense, but using it in a political sense. And I think he's spot on. We have enough innovation in this country. In fact, innovation is what constantly gets stolen and used by other nations, um, primarily Russia and China. 
to then mass produce and sell it to the rest of the world or back to us. <laughs> and uh, so we, we've got this ability to innovate and to create and to make um, society a great place to live, the environment a clean place to be in. And um, what we continue to do is hamstring ourselves. One great example of that is I've got this, I have a meeting today with um, my accountant. And so he's got this list of all of these new rules about deductions that we can take for businesses and, and even individual deductions. And so on one of them is about um, electric automobiles. And there's a tax credit that you get when you buy an electric automobile. And that sounds pretty good. It's a $7,500 tax credit that you get when you buy an electric automobile. And then there's this whole list of restrictions. And one of them is it's got to be new. It can't be a used electric automobile. It's got to be on their list of approved electric automobiles from the companies that they want to favor. So, and if all of the electric automobiles from a specific company or the quota that they want you to buy from that company has already been exhausted, say I want to buy a Tesla and all the Tesla quota has already been used up, even though Tesla's got a bunch more cars to sell, I have to look elsewhere. I got to look at GM or I got to look at something else to purchase. And, and, and the question becomes this, we know that um, the rhetoric is that this Green New Deal is to save our planet, is to, to save us from global warming. But if the answer to that is electric vehicles and us all buying electric, what do they care what company it is that produces the electric vehicle that I buy? I think that it's more about choosing winners and losers than it is saving the planet. Well, well why aren't they giving you a credit to buy a bike? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> That's a great idea. Because the congressman in Michigan was visited uh -huh. by lobbyists, you know? And precisely. So I've also got to um, only make a certain amount of money. If I make too much money, then my credit is actually ratcheted down. And over, I think the, the cutout here is, two, let's see, 225000 If you make over 225000 as a head of the household filing individually, then you can't buy an electric vehicle and get a credit. So you can't be wealthy and help the planet. Because if you're wealthy, apparently you're not helping the planet by buying an electric vehicle. That, that's, that's government thinking at its best right there. All of these, there's 10 more that I could list down here. And um, nobody wants to hear them because they're all ridiculous. But it just shows how thinly veiled their true um, purpose is in implementing the Green New Deal that really has very little to do with helping the planet and a whole lot to do with patting the pocket of their supporters so they get to choose the winners and losers in the industries and uh, continue to get support for their campaigns for the next go-around. Like buying new cars. It has to be new. Yeah. Why does yeah. it have to be new? Because that's the industry we have to support. And, and, and the same thing goes with solar, too. I can put solar on my business, and I can get a 30% um, federal tax credit. And I can also get an additional $1,000 credit from Arizona. I can do it on my home if it's my primary home. But what about a, a rental? I can't do it for a rental. Why is that? Well, because what they're looking at is to support their base, and, and allegedly their base isn't going to have rentals. They're not going to be entrepreneurs. They're not going to be people that are trying to 
innovate and, and help the economy move forward by producing what is needed, housing for everybody. They want to do it for individuals so they can give a little bit of tax credit back and buy some more votes and then support their base. Versus everybody coming up. because ultimately, well, Yeah, if yeah. solar is good, why not solar on every house? Because eventually that rental will become... A, a regular home again, you know, somebody will buy that. Well, it's a regular home regardless, right? But, but you know what I mean? Somebody's like, living in it. Yeah, it's just, it's off the, uh, it's off the grid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so why, why would you limit that? And that's because they don't want to benefit the individuals that can take this and innovate with it and actually mass produce it because those individuals tend to be the small business owners and the small business owners don't tend to be the ones that like big government intervention. And so they'll take the credit They'll use it. They innovate, right? But they're not going to vote for more government intervention, whereas um, potentially a, a, an individual homeowner that hasn't branched out and accumulated rentals or another business, it, he's, he's going to potentially vote Democrat because he likes the handouts, and the small businesses don't. They like to make their own money. So that that's my philosophy on it all. I know it's a little tainted and dark, but... Um, <laughs> I've never seen a program um, provided by the federal government that I haven't given 90 cents on every 10 cents back. So we'll see. Um, we talked a little bit on the last show, in the last segment, about a trip that we went to Puerto Rico. And we talked why we went there. It wasn't just a vacation or to, to visit some exotic land, although that was part of what happened, Puerto Rico was exotic. It was fantastic. We went there and visited. It was a second island that was um, discovered by Columbus. I think it was discovered in um, 1493. Other people dispute that it was 1492 that it was actually discovered. Anyway, um, we'll let the fact checkers out there resolve that. Either way, it's been a very, very long time since uh, the island of Puerto Rico was discovered. And so there's all of these... um, garrisons and fortresses that are built on the peninsulas of Puerto Rico. And what's awesome about Puerto Rico is it's got this Latin American vibe, but it's still got the infrastructure that is the quality of a first world country like the United States. It is the United States territory. And so it's got nice roads and nice facilities, but you go there and the prices aren't astronomical. Milk, it costs about the same as it does here in Yuma. Gas, cost, it costs about three eighty a gallon when you do the math because they sell it by the liter, which I thought was interesting. And um, so it was fairly affordable to go there. And after these continuing education classes that Adam and I attended, we got to walk around these fortresses, and the walls of these fortresses were like 30 feet thick and 60 feet tall, just amazing um, buildings and structures, and we got to walk around, and we could you could walk down into the where I think it was a moat. Adam and I disagreed on what this big uh, trench around this uh, fortress was. I think it was a moat, but either way, it was this big dip down before the fortress began. And you got to walk down in there. You could walk back up to the steps of the fortress and and knock on this massive thirty foot tall door. And there were no lines. There was no velvet ropes. There was no metered parking to restrict you from going there. But people were really respectful of these historic buildings. And I think it's because the federal government wasn't there to call the people irresponsible 
and vagabonds and vandals. And so when the people are just left to admire it on their own, they respect it. There were a lot of people having picnics on the hill where these big structures were built, and it was super peaceful and relaxing. Adam, what was your big takeaway? There was this big cemetery at the base of one of them that I thought was really neat. Yeah, I really enjoyed the cemetery. I thought that was um, breathtaking. It's cool because the waves would just crash up against the wall there. And um, I was just impressed by the Spanish design of this of the fort that we were walking around and the ingenuity that they had. We saw those rain gutters, and we thought that was pretty cool. The amount of uh, water that they had to shed somewhere else so it didn't pool up. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, and um, in addition to that, I mean, it was pretty simple to navigate the island. We rented a car at the airport real fast, and that was easy. Um, and uh, that ended up being kind of crazy. Yeah. So we got to our hotel, and uh, you, you pay $3 extra for a valet to park your vehicle. So we thought, heck, that's going to be worth it. We could just jump off right at the, begin- at the hotel entrance. So the next day, we go to pick up the vehicle, and um, the valet pulls up. And this kid was pretty young. He looked, I don't know, I'm getting older, so... Did he somebody- have a license? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. But uh, uh, he pulls up. He, he, must- he couldn't have been older than 18. And um, he jumps out of the car. I jump in. And then the car starts moving with nobody. I'm in the passenger seat. There's nobody in the driver's seat. And the car starts moving. And Adam's walking around the front of the car. And he starts to push against the front of the car. (laughs) The car was left in drive. And we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about uh, how this all wound up. Uh, Did Adam jump in the driver's seat and save the day? Did the valet jump back in and pull the e-brake? Did I jump out and run away screaming as a, as a small girl? We'll find out. This is Life, Death, and the Law. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back to Life, Death, and the Law. I'm Sean Garner. I'm in studio with Adam Hanson, Cody Beeson, and Anna Karen. We're talking about our adventures in Puerto Rico, and we left off where the valet is delivering our car back to us. He jumps out of the driver's side, forgetting to put the car in park. And I'm, I jump in the passenger side as soon as he pulls up in the car. So I'm in the car, and it's moving forward, and Adam's walking around the front of the car, about to get into the driver's side, but 
doesn't get that far. And so he decides the best approach is to push the car back because it's heading towards this brand new Mercedes SUV. And this woman is standing there, not maybe in the line where she's going to get pinched in between the two vehicles, but she's she's close and she's all decked out and um, looking in horror as this car creeps closer to her brand new SUV. And so Adam's pushing against it. I open the door and put my foot out and start like, you know, skidding on the... <laughs> so you thought Flintstone style would stop this. <laughs> yeah, right? And um, and the kid's running in and trying to jump back in the, the driver's side and pull the steering wheel or do something, but he can't get his feet over to the pedal and it smashes in the back of this um, SUV. He had turned the steering wheel a little bit, so our right front bumper... Um, glanced off of their left rear bumper and kind of smashed both of those in a bit. And then we got the car stopped, and um, the woman went a bit ballistic on the poor valet. I thought he was going to cry. Um, I went over to him and tried to comfort him a little bit, but he spoke Spanish, or at least was only speaking Spanish then. He may have spoke some English. And I said, you know, this stuff happens, and that didn't seem to comfort him very much. And uh, then we waited for the police to come. And write out the report, and that that was a little exciting moment in in our vacation. Yeah, I mean, it's a rental, so I wasn't too worried. More, what I was really worried about is when I take it back, you know. But I wasn't really that worried. The hotel ended up saying we're going to take care of everything. Here's our insurance, and they wrote that all on the ins- on the police report and stuff like that. And in my police report comments, I was very clear to say that it was an employee of the hotel. Yeah. I had to write multiple reports about it so i'd always talk about how is the employee of the hotel so that it hopefully shifted the liability from us when we turned in the rental car you went you went to go catch the plane yeah i was like forget it i'm out of here <laughs> i ain't facing that inquisition no thank you <laughs> well no i have i have this uh global entry so i have a fast pass through the security and sean had needed you needed to check your bag which is another story yeah and um <laughs> so i'm like i'll i'll take care of the car it took me maybe like 10 minutes. I mean, the guy's like, okay. You know, he didn't care. What's he care? He's just working the desk. He's like, just write, I need you to fill this form out. That one might come back to bite us. Yeah, I used the firm credit card on that. So. <laughs> yeah, well, they'd look. be like, the last time we let them have a car, it yeah. came back, crashed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you took my card away, though. So <laughs> I haven't seen it since the trip. You're, you're I didn't lose it. We should probably just report that stolen at this point. <laughs> he, had, nope. he doesn't have his card, and he said he that... I lost it. I didn't say you lost it. I said the last I saw it was in your possession. <laughs> we stopped at McDonald's to get like, I, a I've been married long enough, Adam, to I read between the lines. <laughs> I believe that means I lost it. <laughs> yeah. I handed it to you. You handed it to the lady. Yeah. I never got it back after that. And I didn't dawn on me for another couple of days. I usually don't use that card, like hardly very much. The only reason I remembered it was gone is because I have this wallet on the back of my, my phone. And if it doesn't have three cards in it, then the lid like constantly is coming open. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh, why is this coming? Oh, yeah, my credit card's gone. So that we probably should report that stolen. You know, Speaking and that, stolen. that wasn't even the first, <laughs> yeah, right. That wasn't even the first uh, exciting event that occurred when he arrived in Puerto Rico. So the first night we get there, we get our, our rental car, and we're like, let's go to dinner. And we asked the people, or the locals, where should we go? If they're going to eat dinner, where would they go? And uh, they told us this place down in Old San, uh, old San Juan, and so we made our way down there, had a nice little night. Sean and I just walking around exploring old San Juan, eating and stuff like that. 
and we get back to the hotel. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. getting ready to get like I'm all snuggled up in bed, ready to hit the lights out. And Sean's over. <laughs> you open up your luggage. You're like, <laughs> like bras and full, panties. Bras and panties. This is the wrong trip, Sean. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> this isn't my luggage. And I was like, I just wasn't like dawning. Like I couldn't understand. And it's funny. It's even funnier because before the trip, I was like, I don't think I paid for checked baggage. So don't check a bag. Ultimately, I did. I guess I did. And so Sean's like, I'm going to check my bag. You shouldn't have checked it. You should have just brought it on. That's yeah. the, that's the key to quick and easy. Yeah. Well, you know, taking a page out of uh, our administrator's book, I pulled a Sam Brinton. Yep. And you know, when life gives you lemons. Make lemonade, so you know I had stole some luggage and some nice brassieres. Yeah, I, I had a little. Um, I was excited to see what would happen with that, and um, yeah, how you're going to support people, people that. People looked at me a little strange the rest of the trip, yeah. but I made <laughs> you didn't it work. Take it back. You just you know leaned into it. <laughs> right. All right, Sam Brinton style. All right, no, no, I I go back to the airport and. Um, I, I, I get there and they're very relaxed. This, this is midnight, this, by the way. No, it's it's ten o'clock. It feels it, it was approaching like eleven. It, it was two o'clock our time. Okay. So Adam was was all tuckered out and <laughs> I I went to the airport. I called and called, couldn't get anybody on the phone. Tried to go through this um, chat option that wasn't working. So I go back to the airport and um, everything shut down. There there's no luggage carousels going. There's no luggage like help desk you're gonna open. exchange it like get yeah. somebody else's yeah no, no i was gonna give my own <laughs> try try another one <laughs> try yeah. a new one see exactly. what this lucky blocks gave you yeah so uh i go back and um nobody's down there so i go up to the upper level level where they check the tickets and and um get passengers on planes and that's also winding down there's only about two people up there so I go up to the, the desk and um, I explain that I got somebody else's luggage by mistake. And, you know, he quickly points out, you stole somebody else's luggage. And I go, mm, <laughs> oh, no, I, I got it by mistake. And he goes, well, does it look similar to your luggage? I'm like, why, why would you ask that? Of course it looks similar to my luggage. They're all black bags. Yeah. yeah. Not so, mine. Mine's purple. And Sean he, made fun of me the whole time. Like, there's was, a reason for it. Yeah. Okay? I don't care what I look like. Purple lined with gold. It's, <laughs> it's like the it, only one. You can find it. Rose gold. Rose gold, by the way. It's oh, Jessica's. Right. Yeah, it was. It was Jessica. <laughs> so, yeah, I was making fun of his luggage, and then I stole somebody else's. Oh, that's called karma. <laughs> yeah, I believe exactly. it th- Yeah, I believe that's karma, sir. So I, I go and I say, hey, I've got this other person's luggage. I'd like to get mine. And they say, well, you know, our luggage center doesn't open till midnight. And I swear it's only 10 o'clock, whether Adam thought it was or not. So um, I'm like, well, he's standing there. He's doing nothing. There's no passengers to check in. There's no flights going out at the time. And I said, well, I noticed there was a, um, there's a keypad on the door downstairs where the luggage is kept. And I go, do you have that combination? And he said, yeah, I'd, I'd have to enter that combination and I'd have to open up the room for you. And I go, oh, okay. So if we went down, then you could you could put in that combination and, and open the door. And he goes, yeah, then you'd have to find your luggage in there. And I go, okay. So why don't we walk down together and you, you punch in the combination and then I'll look for my luggage. He rolls his eyes and he's like, okay. So he walks downstairs and he punches in the combination, opens the door, doesn't even turn on the lights. He's like, do you see it? And I'm like, yep, it's right there. So I grab it. 
And he goes, are you sure this is yours? I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, hold on a second. <laughs> I'm so, getting you a luggage tag. Yeah. For your- <laughs> so I, I, yeah, checked it and uh, exchanged the other one. And he basically just grabbed it, tossed the other one in a pile. And then I walked out <laughs> with mine. And got home. That poor lady, man. I, that was the I, whole time. I'm just like, that's I was, poor lady. I was concerned about her too, but we had both. Oh, no, really? <laughs> I was. You didn't show a lot of remorse. You're like, I got my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up with my own luggage. But it's interesting to me, though, how often that occurs um, in customer service when the person that is supposed to be helping you out says, the easiest solution for them, which is do nothing, basically, go away. And um, you have to walk them through it step by step. I ran into this um, just the other day at uh, at a place here in town. I'm not going to name the place. I do like the place. I do shop there quite often. But I bought this tractor part, and, uh, I sh- and it broke, and it was clearly defective. Now, I don't keep receipts. I'm not one of those guys. I don't keep receipts. I don't fill out warranties. I never buy the extra warranty. If, the, if I break a part, fine. I'm just going to go buy another part. I don't care if the warranty would have covered it. I'm not going to waste my time filling out all the extra paperwork and going back in. And if it's a defective part, I don't care whether it's warranted or not. Like, I'm going to take it back, and and store is going to make it right. That That's my philosophy on things. That's how I run my business. If I made a mistake, if it was somehow linked to this office, we are going to make it right. It doesn't matter if it was strictly within our policy or not. So I go back to the store, and I've got this broken part, and it's for a heavy-duty part of the tractor. And I show it, and it's literally snapped in half. So I walk in, and I hold it up, and I say, I need a new one of these. And uh, the manager says, well, when did you buy it? Was it more than 30 days? I'm like, I don't know. might have been. She says, well, let me look it up. So she looks it up. She goes, oh, yeah, sure enough, it was back in March. It was 60 days ago. And I said, yeah, okay, well, I still need a new part. And uh, so she's like, well, it's not within our store policy. That is through the manufacturer. And I said, oh, the manufacturer that you buy all these parts from and then sell them to me at a profit so they can pay your salary as a manager so you can make sure that customer relations are good? She's like, yes, that manufacturer. I said, okay, well, go ahead and make it right then for me. She hands me this 1-800 number and says, this is who you can call to get the manufacturer's warranty. They'll, they'll certainly cover that. I can see as a defect. It's obviously that thing's broken in half. And uh, so I argue a bit with her, and it, it, it escalates. And it's been a while since I've been threatened to have the police called on me. But uh, <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> oh, my God. You are that customer. <laughs> it did happen. And I, I was very careful not to raise my voice. Um, I was very careful just to continue to explain why I thought what I wanted was right and what they wanted to <laughs> offer as a solution was wrong. And uh, so I said, okay, so when you call the police, make sure that you tell them that you sold me a piece of defective equipment and I am dissatisfied with your customer service because you don't want to take responsibility for what you've done. And, and, and when they heard that, they change their tune. And that doesn't always happen. A lot of times I get escorted out of the store. But this time... <laughs> Logic prevailed. <laughs> yeah. This time um, she said, you know what? That, you're right. Let's do this. So she exchanged the part and gave me a new part. She actually gave me an extra 
just in case. And I, and I really didn't want to take it. I felt guilty. She didn't want you to come back. I, I Basically. Think so. Yeah, she, she was hedging <laughs> her bets on this one. <laughs> and uh, so she gave me an extra piece, and we left. But it's, it's interesting because I had to walk it through her. Your job as a manager, you work with the manufacturer. If I wanted to work with the manufacturer and bypass the, the benefit that our community gets from having these local stores, I could do so. I understand that the internet exists. I understand how to use it. I want to talk to a human being, presumably that's you, to make this work for me. Can we, can we make that idea happen? And uh, so that, that's what happened. And, and I, I tend to be very grateful when people treat customer service as I, I feel like it should be. You know, the customer is not always right, but in some situations when they're right, you know, admit it and, and, and go the extra mile. So anyway, that was a fun experience. We're going to have to take a break. This is Life, Death, and the Law. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit YumaEstatePlanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Rolling out shortly will be CBDC, and that is the central bank's digital currency run through the Federal Reserve. And what the Federal Reserve is likening this to is upgrading from a blockbuster type of having movies being rented out by individuals to moving online to Netflix. And uh, that sounds good. I watch Netflix. Unless you're blockbuster. Unless you're blockbuster. (laughs) Um, Netflix is incredibly convenient. And uh, the thing about Netflix that I've noticed is they know exactly how long I watch what show. It's not, it's, it's no longer looking at basic demographics as looking at pinpoint. What scene do they watch and for how long? Okay, let's create movies that have more of those scenes in them. They're mining my data to know what type of entertainment or documentaries or whatever it is that I like to watch. And so I'm giving up privacy in exchange for the ease of this entertainment being provided to me seamlessly. And so that's that's my choice. And if I don't want to use it, I don't have to. The difference between the central bank doing this is I need to use currency. That is the underpinning of freedom. I have to be able to buy and save 
at my discretion in order to be a free individual. And if my buying and saving habits are, are potentially uh, scrutinized by the federal government, by the central bank, then not only is my privacy compromised, but my potential to buy what I want and to save when I think that's necessary is also potentially up for grabs. And uh, there's, there's a fantastic article about this, and it, it's, it's a back and forth between um, federal officials that are addressing the concerns for the AP press. And what their statement is that the Federal Reserve does not give the agency more surveillance and enforcement authority. And I think one of the best replies in this article came from RFK Jr., who's running for the Democratic ticket for president. And I'm totally in line with him. He says that the ability to save and spend without any political interference is a prerequisite for the exercise of meaningful dissent. And I will defend it accordingly. This is not a right or left-wing issue. It's about protecting democracy from powerful established interests. The digitization of currency has given government unprecedented powers to surveil and control economic life. And we know that has happened. Every time the government has been given additional authority to surveil either the American people or people around the world, they've used it. And when people are blowing the whistle on them, like Edward Snowden, who's exiled to Russia, or this uh, 21-year-old Air Force um, officer who got hunted down by the New York Times right, yeah. and, and turned over to the FBI for releasing Pentagon Papers about how the government has been lying to us. Um, th- th- they say, well, you know what? we got to just be better at keeping secrets from you, that we are surveilling you and that we are providing what they term as disinformation when in reality it's just lies. So I want to know what you think and I want you to think long and hard before you just go on this easy train of following this path of digital currency because it's going to be issued now very quickly. In um, July, the FedNow app is the app that is going to be encouraged to be used to use the federal digital currency. And it should, according to them, make transactions safer and prevent criminal activity and also make them quicker. Now, why they think they have to compete with a lot of other apps that we currently have is beyond me. Because I think that I get to choose who I think is safe. And Apple Pay, I think, is very safe. I use it all the time. I've never been hacked through Apple Pay. And if I, if I am, I have a lot more confidence that Apple is going to make it right than I do the federal government <laughs> making it right. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. So, like, uh, for someone that's like me, who doesn't pay attention to much of this, like, so what does that concern me? Like, uh, what is it like? Um, like, what is this, and and why why must I be concerned about it? it it's very similar to Bitcoin mm-hmm. in that it is a blockchain digital currency. It's no longer an authorization for cash to leave your account to go into somebody else's account. The person that's um, selling or buying something. It's digitizing 
currency, so essentially moving away from the dollar. And I imagine that um, our ancestors were, were fairly concerned about this when we moved from coinage, gold and silver and copper coins, to the dollar. It was like, why, why am I going to accept this yeah. piece of paper that says that it's backed by the federal government when I actually want gold that's going to work for me anywhere and silver? But the dollar was implemented, and it became the standard around the world. Now more and more uh, economies, especially China, is moving away from the dollar as a standard for measuring the value of currency. And so, and they've moved to this digitization of currency. Most of these countries and economies that have moved to this digital currency on a large scale are countries like China that um, are authoritarian. They're, they're dictatorships, essentially. And their population, for better or for worse, are used to having surveillance over every action that they take, every click that they make on the Internet. So let me ask you, would you be comfortable handing over to me your credit card statement and your bank statement that shows me every item that you purchased over the past year? I wouldn't want to hand it to you. Now, like, do I have anything to hide from it? No. <laughs> but, yeah, but now uh, yeah, I, get no. To, I get to dig into your personal pastimes. I get to dig into exactly what you purchased, when you purchased them, how often you Find purchased them. Find a lot them. of food. <laughs> okay. All right. But no. Uh, no, I wouldn't be comfortable with it. No. Most people wouldn't. And there are those out there that say, well, if I've got nothing to hide, what should I be afraid of? It's not that I don't have anything to hide, but I don't want to open my shutters when I'm in my bedroom, hmm. right? Yeah. I shut the door when I go in the bathroom. It's not because I don't have anything to hide, but I do enjoy my privacy, and there's nothing to be ashamed about that, enjoying your privacy. And th it's the same exact concept here. Um, I enjoy my privacy, and if I've got something to hide, well, then that's for the government to find out through due process, through probable cause, and getting a warrant according to our Constitution and the amendments, and doing a search and finding that thing out. Not for them just to go boop, 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 and click it into the computer and go, oh, it looks like he's into this type of stuff. It looks like he's got this fetish. It looks like he's um, buying a lot of food storage. What is he preparing for? It looks like he's buying a lot of ammunition. Is he gonna? Is he looking to do a repeat of January 6th? Maybe we put extra surveillance on him. Maybe we audit his taxes. Maybe we keep the drones flying over his house. Exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, have you heard any buzzing around your house lately? <laughs> oh, I have six kids. There's always buzzing around my house. <laughs> but uh, so it, it's very, very concerning to me. And just the word of some federal... Um, talking head with the AP press saying we're not just because we have that ability with using digital currency to see exactly what you bought when you bought it and how often doesn't mean we're going to use it yes it does which we've heard I'm before. an experience has shown us before you know fool me once right shame on you fool me twice shame on me and this is like fool me a dozen times. Isn't that like the same thing that happened with 9-11 when we literally gave up that, that um, when they were going through all of our stuff? The yeah. Patriot Act. Yeah. 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 The Patriot Act. And so, and the Patriot Act is what led to the NSA that led to everybody's phone calls and emails being surveilled, which led to Edward Snowden 
exposing that. And, and what's the standard now? All right, we'll collect the data, and when there's a warrant, we'll go through it. But the data is yes. being collected in Bluffdale, Utah. And yes, and that's what they've said the entire yeah. time. Just because we're collecting the data doesn't mean we're looking at it. Doesn't mean we're looking at it until you become a thorn in our side. Then until we have you question our policies. Until you run a political campaign that is contrary to what we are trying to push. Right? All of those things. We've seen that um, the FBI has been weaponized. We've seen the IRS be weaponized. Working with the big tech industry, like it's literally in front of us. Yes, they're hand in hand. And so these bedfellows are very disconcerting and should be to all American citizens who enjoy their freedom. Freedom is freedom of privacy. And what the irony is... Freedom of privacy goes into the right of choice, free choice. That That is the precedent that they they work on for abortion laws. They say, well, this is privacy. The government shouldn't be involved in my privacy rights. Well, there's the other argument that the, the unborn child has rights as well to live, and that supersedes your right to privacy. What are the the arguments that supersede our right to privacy for going digital. And they say, well, we're going to fall behind the rest of the world who is going digital and making these transactions easier. Well, my argument is privatization of digital currency, privatization of anything has always been more effective than a government-run program unless it comes to national defense. And even then, it's the privatization of the development of the weapons that has, has been shown to win out overall. So I'm absolutely against it. I see no reason for it. Let's stick with Apple Pay. Let's stick with Venmo. Let's stick with Bitcoin. Let's Cash? Stick with, let's stick with cash. What's wrong with that? Absolutely. I love it. The original promissory note that one day you'll get gold. If we want to switch currency, let's go back to the regular coinage. That's what it says in the Constitution, that uh, the government has the ability to regulate the weights and measures of coinage hmm. and 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 to make coinage and not paper money and not digital money and not any other type of intangible currency. I don't like digital currency. I'm very, very suspicious of the federal government having all the secrets and not peeking in that box and looking at them, especially if I give them any type of incentive because I dissent from their political policies. If I'm an anti-vaxxer or if I am a coronavirus conspiracy theorist or if I am a, an election fraud deni- or election denier or any reason for them to look into that, um, we've got such a expansive stack of federal statutes is like an expando. You can find a federal statute that any person on even any given day is violating two or three federal statutes. All you got to do is find enough information about the person. And with all that information at their fingertips, then any person at any time is a target to the opposing party. What kind of light bulbs are you using? Yes. You know? Exactly. Am I filling up my, my car too often? Am I traveling too far? Uh... Right? Those types of things. Am I drinking too much soda? So it could be f- things that are fairly benign to other things. And if they can stop criminal activity, that means they can monitor every transaction. And who's to decide what criminal activity is, except these people at the top of government who apparently feel that they are more um, intelligent than the rest of us and better suited to govern 
our every decision rather than to let us do it ourselves. That's all the time that we have for today. This is Life, Death, and the Law. If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. Hey, Yuma, Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.